The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of BTL. It is Thursday. We're back on YouTube. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and is having a great week so far. A lot to talk about on the show, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Let us introduce the combatants. Love when there's an MMA fighting family feud, and that's what we're going to have today. First, let's introduce Mr. No Hot Take. Actually, Mr. Hot Take, Mr. No Gray Area. I get those confused once in a while. He's one half of the gambling duo that is no bets barred and more for MMAfighting.com. Mr. Jed Mishu, the cannonball kid himself. Hey, buddy, big weekend for you in the Bulldogs Nation, is it not? Big weekend. Very big weekend. Uh, you know, looking to go back to back to back, and the road starts here. So Saturday's going to be fun. Get to watch get, get to watch the SC Championship and then get to tune in and watch a whole bunch of fighting. There's a whole lot of stuff happening this weekend. So it's going to be a nice little weekend, baby. I'm excited. Let's go. Yes, and... His opponent, it's always an honor and a privilege to have on the wise wordsmith, my fellow bald brethren, the deputy editor for MMAfighting.com, the captain of the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, Mr. Sean Alshadi. Hello, sir. Welcome back to BTL. What's up, gentlemen? I'm so happy to be here. There's no family feud here. It's nothing but love. I'm always happy to come in here. I mean, this is the house you and Jed built, so I'm just a guest. I'm happy to be a guest. Also, Jed, like, what's the nerves rating? Because it's Alabama, right? Like, even if you beat them a couple times recently, like, what's the nerves? I feel like it's always got to be 10 out of 10. So the nerves are low, not because, like, I'm really confident we're going to win. I do think we're going to win, but, like, 
I this whole season was extra. Like this was all gravy. <laughs> we went back to back. Like as long as we didn't go over this year, I, I was never going to be upset. I will admit it's very frustrating because earlier in this season, Bama looked like trash. Like they lost to Texas. They were barely beating some real trash teams. It was like, oh, Georgia might not be that great this year because we were having our own struggles, but at least Bama's bad, so we got a shot here. They have come on quite strong. They're touched by God. I don't know if y'all watched the the, 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 the Bama-Auburn game, but it's, I've literally never seen a larger choke job in sports, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Like, I have 28-3, to 3, got nothing on Auburn just throwing that game away every chance they get. So, yeah. Obviously concerned that one of these teams appear to be God's chosen team. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it won't matter. We're just going to throw the ball to Brock Bowers a bunch. It'll be okay. It does feel like if it was going to happen, it would be happen this year with the zombie trash Bama team somehow making yeah. it to the college football playoff anyway, even though nobody wants them there. Exactly. It's going to be the year where everyone's like, Bama might not be good that they suddenly pull it all off and then they win everything and ruin Michigan people like lives. So... Yeah, uh, if you're just if I'm just looking at this game, super nervous. We're also like five and a half point favorites. That's a oh. that's a number that Vegas is like. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's happening in this game. So yeah, uh, I got concerns in in the in the micro macro back to back, baby. I don't care. We're golden. I'm yes. dropping a stack on Bama as soon as this show's <laughs> over. You've convinced me. You sold me. Dude, five and a half is such a trash line. It's like, I don't, no one knows what's about to happen in that game. This weekend's going to be fun, guys. An SEC champion will be crowned. Just like $6 million champions were crowned in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital this Whoa. past Friday. PFL had their world championship event, and it just ended five minutes ago. It was capped off by <laughs> Olivier Aubin Mercier's <laughs> second straight lightweight title win. We had Impa Kasang and I's rag to, rags to riches story come to fruition. Very cool story there. We had the successful return of Kayla Harrison, the PFL debut of Derek Brunson, and much more. Jed, whether people watch this live or not, it was pretty easy to see what was happening via our website, via social media with this event coming off of the acquisition of Bellator, which happened a few days prior. So for the first week as the quote unquote co-leader, including this championship event, how do you grade the PFL's first week as the co-leader in MMA? Dude, that's why you can't say shit like that. Don Davis. <laughs> Because you are just going to get memed into the ether. Like it is just when Daniel Cormier comes on the MMA hour and just like dismisses you as an entity. Like, come on, bro. You're not going to be the co. How are you going to co-lead? Olivier Aubin-Mercier, that's your co-leader? It was It was as – DC was as dismissive as he was about Ryan Bader's chances to fight him, which has always been like my favorite thing. DC doing that, him uh, doing that to, uh, who who was it? Who did he just mock in cage? Uh, trying to think. So one of the random light heavyweights, like, yeah. Jimmy Manoa. Like, oh, it was Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa. Manoa. That was exactly it. Oh my God. I could just like yeah dude like it's not that impressive or whatever. like you knocked out Corey anderson whatever dude it's fine like that's it and that's why you don't say shit like that because you don't give people bullets to shoot at you and now for the rest of time 
Like maybe it's better than the 80% Asian comment, you know, on that post, but still we're just going to be dunking on PFL for the rest of his existence as the co-leader in the sport, the same way we do with one and it's billions of viewers. Like just make this harder, man. That being said, look, uh, PFL 10 was, it was what it was. Uh, I think, all of us thought that this wouldn't be that exciting. Uh, I thought last year's card had a lot more opportunity to be exciting on paper. And then obviously with the Kayla thing happening, then it ended up being like a, a, a substantial event. That's nothing happened here. That's like, like what, what is the big takeaway? Is it, uh, you, you know, OAM getting the double champ and then retiring, I guess is kind of cool. Um, Impa's story is very cool, but that doesn't have like long-term juice here. So this watching this card, uh, and we can get into the particulars of it with all the Bellator kind of, uh, interweaving that they put there, you know, your mileage may vary. The thing that struck me the most watching this was, man, they need Bellator because they need the Bellator fighters because the best fighters on screen on Friday were not PFL. I mean, now they are, but they are not people who have been competing in the PFL for some time. So they they need that juice to make this this thing sing in 2024. Sean, I remember doing this show after the PFL championship of 2022, and we were like, man, this is a, a snowball turning into like an avalanche because there was so much momentum coming out of that event with Kayla losing all the fights were exciting. Like we did a post show after that event because it was so exciting. This one, like four minutes in, we're like, yeah, there's no chance of doing a post fight show on this one. And it just went on forever. And I mean, look, cool stories. It was a card. It was underwhelming on paper, probably performed worse than that in actuality, but what do we grade this thing? We do have six new millionaires and that's always good. What do you grade the event? What do you grade the first week since the Bellator acquisition? You're muted. Strong start. Very, very strong start. I, I asked Jed, did you give an actual grading? I didn't uh, see. It's like very good mid. Stuff. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? And like, this is sort of the reality with these PFL championship events always every year. Like last year was sort of an anomaly, but like anytime you have six fights that are title fights that are five round fights that have the potential to go 25 minutes, you're really, really risking the MMA gods, right? Like you're really just wagering against them because more often than not, an event like that will become a bad event. That was a bad event, right? Like, it wasn't a great watch. I think anybody who stuck through it, uh, you know, kudos to you. That, to me, was one of those that I go through the next day and sort of watch the highlights and watch the fights rather than just watching all the in-betweens. That being said, I have to give it a C-plus, right? Because I can't go lower than a C-plus on any night where six different MMA fighters got paychecks of seven figures just because that doesn't happen very often in this sport. And that, to me, is still special. That, to me, is still why it's meaningful that the PFL does what they do what they do but I mean god you look at that event I would challenge both of you right now can can either of you and I know you guys sat through you guys covered it for the website can you off the top of your heads tell me all six champs ooh okay so <laughs> impa impa oam pacheco those are you got the, the easy ones you got the easy uh, ones heavyweight was Dennis Galtsov um, no, it was not. It was not. No, no, because Dennis Galtzov lost a Hinam Fajera, which I should know because I, I made a bet on, on Hinam Fajera. Um, 
What? Come on. Oh, uh, Ma- Double Magomed. Double Magomed is five. And Come then... on. You got it. You're so close. You're so close. Who? What's <laughs> the other weight <laughs> class? I got to go through weight classes. There was one of them on the prelim. Hey. Oh, Pinedo. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Pinedo, there, you go. there we go. It took some work. It took some work when we got <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, I probably. <laughs> If I was if I took enough time, I would have could have gotten there by weight classes. But yeah, that was uh was tough. And, and I've watched alone, so much PFL this year. And that exercise alone, everything we just did is exactly why there's a problem with that event, right? Because you guys sat through twenty hours of that, and it didn't stay in your brain. It was gone the moment that you were told it. And so, just fundamentally, I think there's something wrong and broken with the way that event is structured. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if it's taking it to a two-night thing, maybe back-to-back, where you yes. have three three of the title fights on one night, three of the title fights on the next night, and it's sort of like a big blowout, especially now that you have this Bellator roster, right? Like, there are, you, the BFL's roster got substantially better. Jed is 100% right in that most of the best fighters that were around that night were the Bellator fighters. So that in and of itself, like, I think there's going to the the next iteration of this. I'm interested to see the changes that they make and sort of how they can evolve this, because I think like anyone can watch that show. And just if you're being if you're just not being incredibly biased towards PFL, you you understand like this was not a great watch. So in and of itself, not a great time, but I have to give it a C plus because, again, seven or six new millionaires in MMA does not happen. And that is a cool thing. That is special in and of itself. Let's just stop with the co-leader thing, please. Yeah, I mean, don't, at least doesn't don't dot. don't they do two nights for WrestleMania now? Isn't that like a thing? Yeah, yes, yeah. Just do that. It makes so like it's so much smarter. You don't have to do all of this. Plus, like, I think that one of the most underutilized things in promoting combat sports is just like frequency. Like, why is Hamza Chimaev a star? Like, there are many factors to it. But honestly, one of the biggest reasons is he fought three times in a month. And so people just had a thing that they could gravitate to very easily. And yes, he was impressive, but it was also you just saw him a bunch. Like, it is much better for the PFL to be on Friday and Saturday night when I open up my ESPN Plus app and I'm like, ooh, here's this thing. This is now happening more frequently. I have more like, oh, maybe I should check this out than it is. Ah, here it is this Friday. And now it won't happen again for five months. Like just back to back night this. It's so simple. I have no idea why we haven't gotten to there yet. And that's the thing that's frustrating about all this, because it is self-inflicted wounds, right? Because there are cool stories here. Like Impa Kasaganate, his journey from basically being on the wrong end of one of the wildest highlights any of us will ever see in our life. And that felt like what his whole legacy was gonna be. And then we go through this journey of he's like he's homeless, he's sleeping in his car for six months. And all of a sudden, he's winning a million dollars because he starts in the Challenger Series and really works his way up in the way that PFL designed and intended this thing to work. He is the perfect case model. If I'm PFL, I'm trying Imba Kasaganate out for the next six months to everybody that would talk to him and just telling that story of, of what this man's 2023 has been like because he is the model. He is the model. If you're going to do this season format, he is the model for why this is worthwhile and valuable to the space. But it's just the self-inflicted wounds. Like, especially if we're going to go on media tours calling ourselves the UFC, essentially, you got to be better than that. Yeah. I mean, even Dude, like, even not even the two-night thing. Just do it two weeks. Like, do a Friday night the week before. Yeah. Do it on ESPN+. Plus. Like, just do a free event. Put all the exciting fights on that first one. Let's wet the whistle a little bit. And then we put all the big names on the next one. 
Like that's at least you're giving us something. Like back to back nights is just a lot, man. It's just a lot. No, it's it seems simple, it. but production for back to back events that ain't easy to do. I mean, if it was easy, they wouldn't be making millions of dollars. Like I got no fucking. They got Saudi money. Hard. They that's got all this Saudi money. You do make a good like, point. Job, deal with same building. building When they do the Bellator PFL thing, don't do this. Don't do six fights or whatever. Split them up. Do a Friday and a Saturday, and and take that whole weekend. Choose that weekend to dominate that weekend because it it is a cooler thing to tell. And maybe you'll lose. Like maybe not everyone will be stoked about it, but I. I'm so convinced that that would generate more interest and be a better move than here are six title fights. Hope we get some finishes because otherwise we're looking at five hours of this. Like, no, I think just commit, go all in. It might be difficult. That's why you get paid big money. With all that Saudi money, you can afford it. I think there's a way to keep these cards neat and tidy, short and sweet. Hey, three hours, four hours, get in and out. And then the next night, right? If you do this on a Friday, if three millionaires on that Friday, maybe you have some cool Bellator PFL fights as well, just some like highlight fights. Then the next night, you trot out the three millionaires. They're walking around with their big giant checks. Maybe get, buy them some fancy suits, whatever. Be like, look, they're already oh, yeah. richer. And just like you can make this a thing. I get feel them, like, like there's a way. Just scepters and crowns oh, to I love mosey it. around and meet and greet with the fans in the aisles. Be terrific. Just have a big scoreboard, PFL versus Bellator, and like, all right, Bellator's up to a 3-0 lead from Friday night. Can PFL battle back? They can't, but still, like, just do cool shit. Now now we're iterating. Now we're we're ideating. All right, so I, I, I like all what you're saying. I'm not a big Harry Potter guy, but I do know one thing about Harry Potter, that they have the big scoreboard for Gryffindor, Slytherin, whatever, the points points. that they get throughout the week. All of 2024 just needs to be the Harry Potter board for PFL. I want Bellator versus PFL the whole year, and I need a scoreboard the entire year telling the whole story of what's happened. Let's go. Look, Come on. PFL, if you're not going to do this, I think we should do this as a website. We can just keep track of that on our own. We can put it up on the rankings page as its own little sublet, you know? Like, I, I love this idea. This is fantastic. Also, you know, I know you're a gambling guy. Now we can throw odds into this. I, if I give you plus minus 23.5 Bellator winning over PFL, you taking the under or the over? Oh, my God. That is so yes. good. <laughs> Oh, I'm taking, I mean, Bellator is going to cover 23 and a half, I think, but you think they cover that spread? I think so. But I mean, that's, it's a big number. That's why big, that's why spreads work out. It's a big number. Oh, we can have so much fun with this. PFL, call us. Just call us. Make the phone call. Honestly, somebody from Saudi, just give us a bunch of money. We can try this out. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do it. I don't know what we'll name it, but we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get the anthem for two nights. We'll kick Shine Down out of there. They move them to the following weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're out of here. We're doing back to back nights. You ain't taking this building from us. No way. Uh, I love all of these ideas, and this is why we do this. Like we sit there, and we you know we we dump on the PFL from time to time, but it's only because. They can do better, and we want them to do better. We don't want them to fail. We want them to be a great alternative. We want another option for the fighters because if this fails, they're all screwed. It's UFC or bust. Then you got nothing. Like, this needs to succeed. Big time. Plus, we I, need this to happen. Plus, I, like, honestly am sort of into their concept of the sport. I don't think that it works, like, writ large, but I do think doing seasoned MMA is cool. Like That's yeah, a man. cool thing to do. 
Um, I don't think they're doing it even remotely close to what that should be, but uh, like, yeah, keep doing a different thing, approaching the game in a different way is cool. Like, obviously I want that to work. Bellator I fucking like worst. the IFL, which was stupid, but Dude. I enjoyed the hell out of that. Bellator became their worst when they tried when they essentially just settled into being <laughs> UFC light, like UFC Walmart brand. Like be, being different is interesting because we get so much UFC. We have UFC every freaking weekend. Like we are inundated with it. Anything different is welcome. And also, I love the comment section so much. Kyle just in the comment section killing me. Finally, Jed goes full dark side and adopts a, an attorney haircut. Is my favorite comment. <laughs> That has ever been spoken on this website. That's pretty pretty well done, Kyle. Respect. Also, Casey with the camera, we're closing in on, on Jed there. Perfect. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, there were things they missed on. I liked that they brought in the Bellator champs, some of them anyways. Like Chris Cyborg not being there was like maybe the biggest miss of the night. Like how do you not put her in that, that cage with Kayla Harrison? Even if you're just teasing this like, hey, she's going to fight Larissa first. But then she, like you, that's the moment. You wanted any traction out of this event? That one moment would have gotten you everything you needed. Everything. I, and it didn't happen. I have to assume that there were reasons because the, the people running PFL aren't idiots, right? Like they – I mean, this is the same company that put Maurice Green in the main event specifically so John Jones would be there the same day Francis was there. Like, they they at least have an understanding of what's going on. I have to assume that there was there is an explanation that is just not out there for why Cyborg uh, was noticeably absent from this event. Yeah, everything, I would love to find that out. Everything about the Cyborg chapter right now is an F everything if you're giving me if you're demanding the pacheco versus cyborg fight before the one fight that we've literally all talking about for like two and a half years in addition to not bringing her there like you you you're completely mishandling this i love luke (laughs) thomas promotional malpractice yes do better we know you can uh last thing before we move on do the thing Uh, just do the the thing thing. just do the thing yes this is around the time do the thing so much Yes, do it was October thing. of 2022 when Do The Thing became a thing. We, we kind of took it our foot off the gas with the Do The Thing, but we might have to really just stamp down on it now and go full hyperspeed at this. Real quick, Shaheen, uh, this is some some news that came out this morning via The Hollywood Reporter. PFL sticking around ESPN for all the fun stuff, the regular season, the playoffs, the world championship, the exclusive home for the PFL pay-per-view division whatever they're going to be doing with francis maybe jake paul makes his mma debut your reaction to this some people were surprised i wasn't all that surprised but what was your reaction when you found this out i'm not surprised in the slightest i I, this is very clear what this is right like there have because of the deal that happened over the last two weeks there are two very clear in north america main players it's pfl and ufc obviously they are not co-leaders but that is the one and two espn is the home for mma that's what it is at this point, right? Like if you give, if you have both of them under your umbrella, you are the one-stop shop for MMA essentially for the entire this half of the world, more or less. Like that is a that is a great deal, as a great bet to go on, especially it, considering what we just saw with the big talent burst that PFL just got with the PFL roster. Like this is not a surprise in the slightest, and good on PFL, man. And it, that is the thing. Like the the thing with Bellator, like what, their slow demise was expedited 
once they just started being a traveling band that was on 40 different streaming services every other week. Once people lost the ability to know where Bellator was and it goes on CBS Sports Network, then it goes to the zone, then it goes to Showtime. And at a certain point, people just don't care because people that's the thing with MMA fans. We've seen it over and over again. They're not going to work hard to find your product if you're not putting it in front of their face unless you're the, you're the UFC. The UFC can survive this thing. They can travel to different channels and broadcast networks and platforms and whatever. No one else can do that. And at Bellator, it was too many, too time, too many, too times, too many times. I think I said that right. That they just abandoned whatever platform and went to something else. And by the time they were on the zone, nobody cared about them, right? So if your PFL is a consistent home, you're you're on the same platform as the UFC. It's easy for everybody to find. Everybody already has it. It's a win. Chad, what'd you think of this news? Were you surprised? No. Um... Well, maybe like a, a little. Uh, I think ESPN obviously just wants to be in there for all the reasons that Shaheen said. Um, I don't – do we have the particulars of the deal? Uh, I don't uh, assume. There's no actual don't. like numbers. There's yeah, no numbers. numbers. Yeah. I, um, I, I would have thought that maybe they tried to shop it a little bit more as more players are getting into the space. You know, Amazon is with one and – unclear how how long that relationship's going to last uh moving forward uh netflix is trying to really get into the live sports like there are buyers for the product that is being sold um i would have thought that any deal might have been a little more short term uh for pfl just because this is not like this is not apex sell time for pfl right like this is this is the start of the transition year so the previous couple of years have been growth and building now they with the acquisition of bellator like it pretty pretty clearly demarcates now this next five-year stretch we are going to try and be co-leaders of the sport or whatever uh so ostensibly that means their next one to two years will be the best years of their company and at that point like you can sell for just a higher dollar figure than they can right now because any sale that they are making is not on what they can deliver like what they have delivered it's on what they can deliver in the future and so you're you're going to get 70 cents on the dollar if your pfl here was maybe you just re-up with espn for a year and then renegotiate after what hopefully will be the best year you've had on record and can can juice more but i don't know maybe espn just gave them a good deal and they were comfortable with it so I, it was interesting um i thought this could have played out a little longer but it sort of always made the most sense they already have an established brand here stick around with espn and continue to kind of try and draft off the UFC some too as the other major player for ESPN's MMA division, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're ESPN, I mean, it's multi, it just it's a multi-year deal. That could be two years. We don't know. That's There's no, it could just be a two-year deal. And if you're going to introduce Francis and Jake Paul and some of these other names, like it's probably worth the risk for a two-year deal, right? To, to see if this all pays off. So for ESPN, yeah. def- if you're ESPN, it is definitely worth the risk to take this. 100 percent yeah i didn't think we'd spend 30 minutes on the pfl but we did let's move on the point They're for the round co-leader. one goes to we got it's true about the co-leader <laughs> point for we're gonna dunk on them forever for that we're gonna dunk on them forever for that uh shaheen i'll shot i wish i could give both of you guys a point because between the two of you uh, we're co-leaders. We're co-leaders yeah. in the points that round. You're, you're, you're co-leaders on BTL, and, and I respect you both. Of <laughs> oh man, I just Gene something just occurred to me. Point, but but something just occurred to me. 
We're gonna have to figure out a new person to have for the MMA draft next year. Oh, I've been thinking about it since the announcement, and it's 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 bleak in them streets. Man. I have no idea what we're gonna do. <laughs> particularly because one looks like it's also just circling the drain too. So like the MMA draft is gonna struggle in coming years. I mean, we might have to do uh, .f5000's bare knuckle promotion at this point. I mean, look, game bread MMA is all. Oh, that's a great right call. Now. Oh, there we go. It that's a great call. There we go. Yes, game bread bare knuckle. Come on down. I think you might just be the new replacement here. But what I mean, look, we can make this easier. AK AK was last place in the voting two years in a row. I think there should be a rule <laughs> that out of there. <laughs> if you're last two years in a row, I'm just kidding, AK. We love you. So uh, the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Look, Jed, you have a very busy day. You got the Georgia football game. And then right after the Georgia football game ends, you get to lean right into like the really juicy good stuff for UFC Austin. I love this card. Headlined by Benil Darius versus Armin Sarukian. We got Bobby Green versus no longer Dan Hooker, but now Jalen Turner. This whole main card is freaking spectacular. Shaheen, we're a couple days away from this thing. I feel like it's kind of flying under the radar. There was a little bit of drama in Austin yesterday between a couple of the guys that we just mentioned. But all in all, main card in a lot of these prelim fights, this is a freaking great fight night card, is it not? It's a banger. It's a banger, Mike. Also, I, I wish the drama just was between people who are actually fighting. That is my one gripe. Like I, I, I always hate this when we get the the in week drama between people who are never actually going to settle it between each other, or at least like not on the on the week of. Uh, bothers me. But either way, like it's 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 so funny to watch this play out of like the way the schedule lays out, right? Because it's obvious that when the UFC travels to other places, they have to actually try. And I love it when they actually try because then we get things like this fight card, right? UFC Austin is awesome, up and down, like whole main card bangers there's storylines all over misha tate's on the freaking prelims when was the last time you remember that happening like all, all together it's a great card i don't i'm very curious to see how many michelin stars it gets it has to be at least a one to one to two michelin star card uh but i love it i just love when the ufc has to try they don't have to try at the apex they have to try when they're actually selling tickets and, and that's what you get I'm, I'm here for it one to two michelin stars jed maybe a three is this a three definitely not a three um okay look the the main card is exceptional 
Um, I'm doing this perfectly, frankly, because I'm going to watch the UGA game and I'm going to miss the uh, Rodolfo Bellato, Ihor Potieria fights of the world. And I'm just going to watch UGA win and then going to glide seamlessly into the Punahile Soriano. Like, let's go. Like the, the good fights, as it were. This is such a bifurcated card. The main card is awesome. The undercard is not it's it's just not so uh by virtue of the main card it's definitely a one star i've spent some time trying to figure out if it's a two star because i had i'm realizing a flaw in my process because the two star has just sort of like generically been all right you would take a trip to see it and in my head that's always been like well i've thought about it in my life like okay well like if if it if something's happening in the state of georgia I will go to it if it's a two-star fight card. If it's in Atlanta, it's one star. But if it's like, oh, I drive down to Savannah, Florida, oh, I drive up to Nashville, which is just a few hours away, and you know, the same doesn't really work for Texas because you can spend eighteen hours driving in the state of Texas, so it's sort of tough here. I think though, if I was a few hours outside of Austin, you know, whatever that would be, I I think this makes it to a two but it's more of a tweener it's between one and two it's definitely one could be a two and certainly if the if the fight card lives up to it then after the fact we'll just go ahead and give it the second star but i think we're gonna cautiously leave it at one for now fair enough uh let's talk about this main event jet we get benil dariush versus armin sarukian it's just a great fight armin sarukian finally getting his opportunity to fight a top five guy Benil Dariush looking to bounce back from the loss to Charles Oliveira. It's just been kind of a weird year in a weird couple, like 18 months or so for both of these guys. Benil Dariush at the press conference at his media day yesterday said he gains nothing from this fight. I don't know if I totally agree with that or not. Dead wrong. And super yeah. wrong. So Couldn't why, why wrong. is, why is he wrong, Jed? And what are these guys fighting for? I know like we talk about squatting. We talk about this division. It's so hard to, to get some movement here. But why is Darius wrong, and how does that sort of transition to the other question? What are these guys fighting for? Uh, so he's wrong because he's because of what they're fighting for, very specifically. Before I get that, we'll say that uh, an esteemed member of our family here at MMAfighting.com reached out to me last night and asked. A, I won't. I won't put this person on blast um, in case they don't want to be. But he asked a very simple question of. Where does Darius rank on the all-time worst people on the mic? Top five easily, right? <laughs> and and one, yes, is undeniably top five. And I mean, there are he has got a strong case to be made because every time he gets a mic in front of him, he just says the worst thing. It's like if if Bilal Muhammad's last year was just his entire career of every time the mic's in front of him, I'm going to do the worst shit I possibly can do. But Neil Darius coming out here is like i gain nothing from this fight but i just like to fight good dudes no that's just not right if like the reading between the lines that is just a petulant i'm not getting to fight dustin poirier for a number higher than myself 
so I gain nothing because that's the only way to view that is true. Because one, you got to fight a dude with a higher ranking than yourself last time out, and he greased you in a round. Like that's you can't be mad that you got your shot and blew it. Two, Armand Sarukian is like the dude who has been anointed certainly by the MMA Hipster Club. Uh, Mike, you you're you're there. I'm there. Shaheen, I believe you're there. We're all pro. Oh yeah. Sarukian is gonna be a top ten guy for a decade. He's probably gonna fight for a title has a really good chance to win a belt at some point in his career like everybody is super high on this guy and you can't always fight a dude in front of you like that sometimes you have to fight back particularly when you lose you got to defend your spot this is just like justin gaethje fighting Rafael faziv like gaethje lost and is in a position where he now has to defend his position in the ranks to get there. He beats Fazeev, who had the same sort of, you know, juice behind him that Sarukian does, and immediately he's like, all right, now I get to fight Dustin Poirier in a, a BMF title slash title eliminator. It's the exact same thing for, for Benny D here. Like, if he beats Armand Sarukian on Saturday, he's one fight away. And that's what these two dudes are fighting for. They're not fighting for a title shot unless some things break right, they are fighting for a title eliminator because the winner of this is going to fight somebody. I'm not honestly not sure who that will end up being. The next guy they fight will be a title eliminator bout. Maybe it is, you know, maybe it's just Dustin Poirier. Maybe it's Dustin Poirier at UFC 300. You're telling me that winning a fight that gets you Dustin Poirier at UFC 300 is worse shit? You, you can't math. You don't know what adding is if you can't figure this out. Like, it's this is not hard. This is an incredibly important and very useful. They're not making – they're making you fight a dude who's top 10 and everyone, like, believes in. They're not making you fight, like, some dude who if you lose to, it's going to be real trash. They're not making you fight, like – God love him, but Benoit Saint-Denis has, is not nearly kind of where Armand Sarukian is down the line. Like, he could be have it so much worse, and so this is such a misread of what is going on for him. He has got everything to fight for this Saturday outside of just the spirit of competition. So take that, internalize it, win this fight, and just call me. Hit me up. My DMs are open. I'll tell you what to say on the mic instead of I love Jesus and I'll fight a hundred more times if that's what it takes. Cause those are not the things that are going to get us where we need to be, Benny. No horn for that. Wow. I, know, right? I really expected one. All right. I expected one. Oh yeah. I, I, I sat back. I let it simmer. It's ready to go. We got a round of applause. I, I, was, I was, really was just good. so, I was just soaking it in. It was, just, it was just soaking it in. It was too good. It was too good. <laughs> it was really well said. Shaheen, what do you think? I'm, well, I'm just glad you finally got there because I was going to be very, uh, almost like upset with you if you didn't get to the I'll fight a hundred more times one because all of everything you, you said this week pales in comparison to that one because I don't remember what which one that was. I don't know if that was after Ferguson or after that was after Gamrod. It was Gamrod. Okay. Yeah. Right before like, the title was gonna be on va the vacant title was on the line like two fights before the vacant title being on the line he said that i will gladly fight a hundred more times if that's what it takes <laughs> that's that is the worst mic moment in the history of the ufc yeah no i mean i don't even have much to add to that because this whole i know this is kind of like a throwaway line and you mentioned but jed this is almost just coming off as someone upset that they're having to Take this fight rather than a Dustin Poirier who's at every single turn just basically so like yeah 
not really that interested. <laughs> Which, like, I can understand that that would be probably pretty frustrating if you're Benil Dariush, who has continued winning fights for the most part, except for that last one, and very highly ranked person, veteran, who's been in this game a long time. And you just can't get this dude to even acknowledge that you are worthwhile whatsoever. Like, that's got to be pretty frustrating. But the but you said the key. Armand Sarukian is not like they're asking you to fight Grant Dawson or something, right? Like Armand Sarukin is more or less the guy at 155 that almost all of us have just anointed as the next big thing. Like he is like Benoit St. Denis is maybe almost there, but he's not even close to, I would say where Armand Sarukin has already reached. Like he's at where Armand was maybe a year or two ago. And Armand, I mean, what if, if you take away the Gamrod fight, which I think a lot of people feel like he won. I, I also feel like he won. He's kind. He's more or less undefeated in this weight class since he debuted against Islam and had an incredibly tough, surprisingly tough fight on short notice against Islam. Like this guy is not. It's not like there's very little that comes from a win over Armand Sarukian. I would say that this is probably the most meaningful win that Benil Daryush can get outside of the known guys at 155, the Bagaches and the Poiriers, etc. So like if you're in. Benil's not going to get one of those fights. So if you're not going to get one of those fights, this is kind of the best case scenario for you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't understand it. Man just says stuff. It happens. But he doesn't say good stuff. And that's like, that's the, <laughs> I feel like I'm with Benny where I was with Leon Edwards, right? Like even more so because what you said about Dustin Poirier, like that, I think that's the crux of it, right? Like it, I agree. It has to be really frustrating. At some point, look inward. Why are you the man that people don't give a shit about? Because you're part of this equation, my brother. Because it is not like he is a boring fighter. We've all watched Benny fight. He's nails. Like, he's a sick fighter. There's no reason that Dustin Poirier shouldn't be interested. But it's after you have a sick-ass fight with Scott Holtzman or whatever. You get on the mic and you're like, thanks, Jesus. Love you guys. Everyone's great. Whoo. Like, no, be fucking interesting, man. <laughs> You can't be this boring. You can't be this boring. Like, I know you want to do it the right way. Nobody has ever or will ever be George St. Pierre. He's the only person in history who managed to be a star while being the most boring man on the mic that ever there was. And you can't replicate it. So if that's the goal, just don't do it. Say anything. Talk about something you care about. I'm not saying, you know, be Colby Covington. Just be interesting because there is a part of you that is interesting. You just don't show it when a mic's in front of you. And so that no one cares, even if you're super exciting and unbelievably good. And you know, it's a, it's a bummer that this is sort of the conversation we're having, frankly, about this. And maybe Benil brought it upon himself, but like the real reality of this situation in this week is that Benil Taryush is 34 years old and he is getting sneaky old in this lightweight division. That is a young man's game. And I do not know if he if he loses this one, it might be it for him, right? At least in terms of the title chase. Like he is, we've we have seen it time and time again. He is not someone that the UFC is going to bend over backwards for and and properly match make to get back to a title. If he wins this, if he loses this one, like if he if this does not go well for him, he is not going to ever sniff that title shot ever again. So like this is a very very important weekend for him. So the fact that this is the conversation we're having is another indictment upon himself, I guess, maybe, but also maybe it's an indictment upon us because this just is such a meaningful fight for someone who has mattered for so long in the most talent-rich division in this entire sport. Yeah, you can make the case that this is the most important fight of his career. Like, everything's on the line here. If he loses to Armin, he's never fighting for the belt. The fact that he's even in this position after getting dusted by Charles Oliveira 
he should be pretty happy about this. Like, honestly, he should be Dude. very happy about this. He's still in play here because of this the move. The move 1000% is just the whole entire week. This is the guy. No one will fight this guy. Everyone's yeah. scared to fight this guy this week. I'm not a coward. I am. I am a badass. I'm going to beat this guy. This is my last run at it. And we're going to re- beat this guy and go straight to the title. Like, that is it. That is it. It is such a simple thing. I don't know. It's so simple. It's so <laughs> he doesn't have to invent a new playbook of things. He just has to have watched any fighting ever to be like, okay, well, here's the lines, here's the dialogue. No one wants to fight Umar Nurmagomedov. I'll be that guy. Like, just say it. It's easy. Come on. Ah. <laughs> uh. Co-main events actually pretty interesting now as well. We got Bobby Green, who's supposed to fight Dan Hooker. I gotta say, I really like that matchup for Bobby Green because Dan's just been through in a through a bunch of wars. Literally just had one uh, arm injury, same arm he hurt in the Jalen Turner fight. The aforementioned Jalen Turner stepping in on little over a week's notice. Jed, as I mean, both of you guys have been extremely high on Jalen Turner. Jed. Is this the right choice here? Is this the right choice? Do you have any concerns about Jalen making 155 on such short notice when he didn't for Dan Hooker? Like, what do you think of the replacement? What do you think of this fight now? Yeah, I got a lot of concerns. When they announced him, I was like, that is not uh, (laughs) the one I anticipated because we know that he's enormous and he did miss weight last time out. He struggles to make the weight class. So doing this on short notice, then you hear some of his comments sort of feeling like he had to take this fight or whatever. I think there could be a couple of interpretations on really what that means, but like not what I anticipated. And like if he comes in and he misses weight tomorrow, then I – where does that put us right like what are what does this fight even mean um this fight is being interesting is really contingent on him making weight if he doesn't it's on the merits it's still a fun fight because they are two quite fun fighters but you know if he misses weight and then beats bobby green what does that do to bobby green's spot in the lightweight rankings what does that do for jalen turner who misses weight back to back this second time not in great circumstances they're probably going to start pressing for him to move up to welterweight like it's a lot is contingent on tomorrow morning in the scale, but assuming everything goes right, Jalen Turner can make it. And we have this, um, also just a super weird, like Bobby Green's Bobby Green, man. He going to fight whoever you put in front of him. He's, he's built like that. Uh, Jalen Turner's a real tough ask at any point in time. And certainly on short notice, uh, I think this is assuming he can make the weight. I think this is a terrific opportunity for Bobby Green. I think that might be why he would, you know, be keen to jump onto it because, you know, he is coming off two losses in a row and now it's top 10 ish guys or whatever, but the Dan hooker fight is, that's a tough one. That, that is the, the Matush Gamrot loss. That's a loss that can happen. Dan hooker is where I started to be like, I might need to reevaluate what I think Jalen Turner is and can be in this weight class. Right. So he gets to come in, he gets to fight Bobby green. Who's probably a little more highly ranked than like is true. If, if you know what I mean, like he's got, probably got a little more juice than actually pro- should have, but he can sort of get that win immediately kind of silence, silence the critics that he had and now start building himself back up to make that run, you know, towards a Benil Darius, those guys at the top of the division. So uh, really interested in sort of all the dynamics of this fight as a fight. I think Jalen Turner is just going to dust up Bobby Green, but I, Bobby Green has done a lot of impressive things that I haven't anticipated. So um, 
yeah, look, this is a really solid fight for short notice. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that for sure. Gene, what do you think? I mean, these guys have history. They know each other very well. They have been in the training room together. And Jalen's taking this fight on short notice. And I feel like Bobby Green is like on the cusp of something huge happening. Like we talked about this on Hack of a Morning, like a Masvidal-like, you know, just rise here where the 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 grizzled, wily veteran that everyone has respect for and wants to see great things happen for just all of a sudden goes on a run and becomes a star and maybe fights for a world title. And I kind of feel like, especially with him taking a fight like Jalen Turner on super short notice, like the UFC loves this shit. If he goes out there and beats Jalen Turner, I think they're going to push this dude to the moon. So Turner in your thoughts and where Bobby Green could go if he goes out and beats Grant Dawson and Jalen Turner back to back. Yeah, I hate to say it. I mean, Jet, Mike, you said it at the top. Jed and I have been very high on Jalen Turner. We've sort of been leading this bandwagon for a couple of years now. Fellas, I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie. I am a little worried. The vibes are off this week really hard. I, I, I can't remember specifically. Like, I'm sure this has happened before, but I can't remember a fighter seeming so unenthusiastic about a fight. Than Jalen Turner did this weekend, just talk, just week, just talking about it, right? Like I, 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 it's very rare you have a fighter come out and say like, more or less that they got coerced into taking this, that they got like heavily pressured into taking this, and he did not seem thrilled at all to be in this situation, to be accepting this fight on short notice, having to make weight on short notice, and having to face this opponent in particular on short notice. Like nothing about this seems like it's great for Jalen Turner and you go back to July 2022 after he was just polishing off like a really crazy win streak with that win over Brad Riddell and I was just I was all in on this guy I, he felt to me like he was going to be a future title challenger and these past two man like ultimately they're both split decisions right both these past losses one scorecard either way in either of these fights and we're having a completely different conversation and Jalen Turner's probably talking about a Benil Dariush type of opponent but that's the breaks in this game though man and I don't know he, the vibes just seem really, really off for this guy. And it's it sucks because he is such an exciting addition to this lightweight division. He's only 28. Like, it feels like we should be maybe reaching, starting to reach the peak or starting to reach the prime years of Jalen Turner. And I am just genuinely worried because, Mike, everything you said, 1,000% right. Bobby Green feels like there's a little mysticism to him right now. He feels like the MMA gods have his back. Where this is, I, I always loved back in the day, Nate Diaz used the term reimbursement, right? The Conor McGregor fight was reimbursement for all of the years at beforehand where he's in his like 20th or 21st fight. I remember covering Nate Diaz against Rafael Dos Anjos here in Phoenix. And Nate Diaz missed weight for that one. He complained about the UFC the whole week. And he was, again, like on his 20th or 21st UFC fight and got paid like 14 grand or 16 grand or something like that because he missed weight and was on a 20 and 20. And so the Conor McGregor payment was reimbursement. And then we saw it for Jorge Masvidal too, this crazy late career run where he just suddenly makes all this money, all the money he probably should have been making all these years and then rides off into the sunset as a superstar, more or less. Bobby Green feels like this is kind of happening for him. The Grant Dawson thing was something that none of us saw coming. I did not see a single person in this entire space predict that Bobby Green was go out there and knock out this young gun who was on this crazy winning streak in 33 seconds. Those are the type of things that can catapult you to that little that type of stratosphere, that type of conversation where we're having like a oh, is this like a Bobby Green moment type of thing? I don't know, man. This feels like a great setup for Bobby Green to continue that, to catapult that himself to where all of a sudden we're actually having a conversation on the post show of like, is Bobby Green versus Bedil Daryush make sense? 
Does Bobby Green versus Armand Sarukian make yeah. sense? I don't know. As a Jalen Turner supporter for a long time, I'm worried. I'll admit. This is this everything about this has me worried. I gotta feel like whoever wins this fight is like if if Darius or Sarukian win, I feel like if Bobby Green wins, I feel like he's fighting the winner of the main event. They're gonna just push him and give him a big opportunity and see what happens. Like, let's just see. You don't think so? I think if he, I think if he wins, he's rematching Dustin Poirier at UFC 300. Maybe I don't. I don't you, think Dustin you, has any care or interest in doing what? What? Who, Bobby Green? Who? Who is Dustin going to fight? Like Dustin's come out and said he wants to fight at 300. There aren't many names that like make sense for him. Who? Nate Diaz. Would you say? Okay, that's a pipe dream that I don't feel like is going to happen, but yes, if that's an option, sure, definitely we'll take it. I am deeply not confident that that uh, will occur given things, but if it does, yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense. I'm operating under the assumption that that's not realistic. And so who does Poirier fight? Like, I think you could do a Jim Miller rematch, but that's a thing. So like, like you mentioned, Bobby Green has sort of elevated to not the living legend tier, but like widely respected, got a, got a touch of the magic around him, you know, trying to have this Jorge Masvidal-esque run. I think that's a perfectly fine fight. Also, a fight Poirier should feel pretty confident he wins. And it's – who else is – I just don't know who else he would fight at UFC 300 other than Bobby Green. I think if Bobby Green wins, it's him versus Poirier at 300. We shall see. We shall see. The rest of his main card's awesome. Rob Font, Unless DP wants to be a nutcase and fight Benoit Saint-Denis, which I would accept because that would be oh. sick. Oh, now we're I mean, talking. I don't now think we're... he should or would, but <laughs> sign me the fuck up. You know? God yeah. damn. That would be the most violent fight in a while. Yeah. I am I I really in on that. I kind of feel like Dan Hooker is going to get tossed into that one when he's ready to come back. Hey, Dan, I'm glad you're feeling better. Now you got to fight Benoit Santini. Enjoy. See you in a few weeks. Dan, Dan Dan's the only crazy enough, person crazy enough in this division to take that, though. Like, Dan's here for that type of thing. Dan, 100%. You should retire. You, you should just retire. Don't, don't well, do it to yourself. Let's move on. Next round. Point for round two goes to... Cool points. I mean, Jed just knocking it out of the park with the Benil Dariush promo. Yes. But These are teachable know. moments. But Shaheen These also gets moments. points. It's, he's the co-leader in points right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Winner, winner, of, winner of the Patty Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson fight versus Benoit St. Denis. Oh, my Whoa. God. You can't. Oh my gosh. Why do you want to do that? I mean, I know why you'd want to do it. I know why I want to do this. But what if Tony wins? Let's be real with ourselves here. Just feed him to the oh. wood chipper then. Wow, I'm stunned. I'm stunned by that. But let's move on. Because not only is the UFC putting a, a pretty fun card together, the, our good friends at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Look, they aren't all bangers. But once in a while, a couple times a year, BKFC brings the goods. And BKFC, what is it, 65? I don't remember what, forget of it. 56, 56. Going down in Salt Lake City. There's just so many recognizable names. So much chaos is probably going to happen with the names that are on this card. Jed, let me ask you a question here. We know UFC Austin's going to be fun. There's four excellent fights. There's some intrigue in other places. 
Is this the card of the weekend, though? Is the BKFC card the card of the weekend over UFC Austin? Like, if you could only watch one, if MA fights like, Jed, you get to choose which one to cover, which one are you picking? I'm still going to pick the UFC because it's it's a better card. Uh, I do think Perry Alvarez is the fight of the weekend for our particular brand of combat sports fandom. You know, like, that fight's just... That, you don't have to sell that fight. That fight sells itself. We we all know what we're about to get involved in. It's going to be awesome. They've, you know, coining the violence belt or whatever for this because, look, if promotions can have fun, it's a thing you can do. You don't just have to do the same thing out time in and time out. Uh, and here's – I like BKFC for a very specific reason. They have found a really perfect niche in my life. Like they have, they have really threaded the needle of – Three or four times a year, we're going to put on a big event for you to care about. And then the rest of it, you don't have to. Like, there'll be some fights. You know, <laughs> you you can care if you want. We invite you to enjoy this. But it's, you know, it's just sometimes we're just spinning the wheels. And I don't have to focus on them like I would a Bellator or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I don't know. John Dotson's fighting a dude. It's fine. But then they put big fights and big events. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to tune in and pay the 20 bucks or whatever on fight TV for this. I want to see Eddie Alvarez versus Mike Perry. I am, have a morbid and really gross curiosity about Todd Duffy and BKFC fighting Ben Rothwell. Um, and I, I'll be honest, that one makes me feel pretty bad about myself, like deep down in here, but I, I oh, want to look don't at feel that bad. particular train Don't wreck. feel bad. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, Jeremy Stevens. That's a banger. Like we know what Beck Rollins and Christine Fajetta bring in this. So yeah, like they, they just know how to put their eggs in just a couple of baskets. And then the rest of it is stuff, you know, it's, it's fine, but it's not, it's, it's not prime. It doesn't have any primacy to it. Whereas this does. So yeah, uh, pretty pumped about it. And like, if this were last weekend, right? Like, Oh, or, I mean, hell, next weekend, uh, BKFC would easily be the story of the weekend. They happen to be going up against one of the UFC's better fight night cards over the you know back half of the year. So I definitely picked that. But what BKFC 56, worth your time. Yeah, Shane, I mean, he, he, he just ran off the top four fights. Alvarez Perry, which we'll get into more in a second. Rothwell Todd Duffy, which I didn't even know about until like a week ago. Rivera Stevens is ridiculous. Rawlings Faria is ridiculous. Christine Faria is just must-watch TV in that ring because I don't think anybody could beat her, and she just brings the viciousness. This is pretty damn good. This is a, between Austin starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, leading right into this. This is a pretty damn good one-two punch, is it not? Oh, it's it's tremendous. I mean, what BKFC has done at this point, like I appreciate them so much because I have I had a I. I came up in the era of Pride. I came up in the era of these New York New Year's Eve events that they would throw where there's just crazy shit happening at all times and you're just all sorts of circus fights. I love circus fights. I'm so here for circus fights. And there for so long there was such a hole in my life without the the wacky zany shit just regularly being in it that that draws you in as a fight fan things like this. BKFC has nailed it, man. If anything, like the the only thing lacking from a card like this, I just need some really weird shit. I need like a really fat guy doing something, like a well known sumo wrestler, or like fighting a small man, or just I need I need like, just one more little ounce, little drop of just some weird stuff thrown into my life that night. But otherwise, this is perfection, dude. There there are two people in this entire space who were genetically designed for bare knuckle combat to ent to entertain me. And those two people are Mike Perry and Ben Rothwell. 
Ben Rothwell, I've said this before, but like Ben Rothwell might be the scariest human being in the entire sport if you're just giving him bare knuckle combat, right? Like if you, that large hairy man running at you, throwing <laughs> bare fists is everything I ever want out of any sort of fight sports ever. Like I am so, ex- I'm so stupidly excited for Rothwell versus Duffy because we know exactly what that fight's going to look like. You, me, Jed, all of us could could take 200 words, write them down and, and paint a picture of what this fight's going to look like. And I bet you all three of us are kind of more or less on the exact same page and we're all more or less correct like this is going to be 34 seconds of very stupid shit and i'm so here for it and ben rothwell is going to cut an awesome promo afterwards where he laughs like jafar and it's just going to be so much fun and i'm so happy that this is in our life and then mike perry i mean obviously what, what can you say about the face of beat bare knuckle fighting right like this dude was made for this i am so in, like the eddie alvarez fight is not it doesn't have the elements of the Luke Rockhold fight to me. Like Luke, the Luke Rockhold fight will probably be the peak of what BKFC is unless they somehow manage to find a way to top it. But it's still really good, right? Like we have so many experiences with Eddie of these type of situations. I remember when he fought uh, Justin Gaethje for the title of the world's most violent man. I, I, like Jed said, I always love throwing these little like fake titles in, doing little fun things like that. Sport, The sport is supposed to be fun. Also, we get to hear Eddie's wife just sort of over and over and over again on the broadcast streaking like a banshee throughout the entire fight like that's always that's always fun too everything about this is going to be a good time i'm so here for it and also like i'm kind of interested in seeing what the jeremy stevens experience is in bkfc maybe jeremy stevens is a little bit past it he's obviously uh got a lot of mileage on him but if this was like five years earlier he could have probably been maybe not a mike perry level but he because you know he's just not that guy in the mic but he is like designed for that side of sort of combat. So I'm interested to see whether that holds up as well. I'm so in on it. I, I love this event. I can't wait for this. I mean, what is Mike Perry versus Eddie Alvarez actually going to look like? I, I just, it could Carnage. be anything. Yeah, it's got to be Carnage. There's going to be Rivers of Blood. Both will probably love it. They might do Blood Angels in the middle of the ring where they're waving their arms, just enjoying themselves that much. I don't even. This fight is so BKFC in the best possible way, Sean. I mean, I don't expect Eddie Alvarez to win this fight because Mike. I just don't expect Mike Perry to lose to anybody in this sport ever. But Eddie is just going to enjoy. Like, this is not going to be the Luke Rockhold fight. The build is not the same as the Luke Rockhold fight. But the actual fight itself will not be the Luke Rockhold fight. Eddie Alvarez will not be looking for a way out of this ring, right? Oh no! <laughs> Come on! What are we talking about? We we have like twenty years of experience that this man is about this life. This man from the streets of Philadelphia was born and bred for this. This is what he loves. I can't. I wish. I my only wish is I wish Eddie Alvarez had skipped the one championship portion of his career and just gone right to BKFC from the jump after the OC because we could have gotten a lot more stuff like this. I I don't know how much he has left in him. But even like the Chaz Mendes fight, you saw it. Like he, that dude can dig deep. He's going to be 60 years old on the streets of Philly and someone's going to look at him wrong and he's going to be able to dig deep and summon it back because that's just who this man is. I love it. I, you're right. This is, this is perfect matchmaking. Carnage. It's a pretty good word, Jed, to describe this fight, isn't it? Yeah, man. Look, like we've all accepted that this is the ideal place for Mike Perry. Uh, I honestly think that this is the ideal place for Eddie Alvarez. And Eddie Alvarez had way more success in MMA than Mike Perry did. Obviously, champion in basically every organization he went to. One of the 
absolutely 10 best lightweights of all time. And I think there's a compelling argument for one of the five best lightweights of all time. Like it's a dude who was really, really good at MMA. I, uh, I truly and deeply believe that bare knuckle is actually like where he is best served because of just who he is and like how he goes about it. Like how he gets down is it's the same way that it works for Mike Perry. Whereas bare knuckle really, mitigates Mike Perry's disadvantages and caters to his skill set. Eddie has the exact same skill set, but he doesn't have the disadvantages that Mike Perry had in MMA. So he's just built for this shit, man. Like this is, this is awesome. I am absolutely on board with Shaheen. I wish that he had come to this instead of doing one, uh, because I think he could easily have been the face of bare knuckle, uh, had he made that transition and obviously would have been a really big move at the time that that happened to do so. But, yeah, uh, just going to saddle up and enjoy his time here. And hopefully, hopefully, guys, the, the great goal is that before it's all said and done, Justin Gaethje makes a spin here in bare knuckle and we get to do Gaethje Alvarez too in bare knuckle. That's I could die a happy man if we got that. Uh, just I don't need anything else after that one. Through that, Oof. Gaethje Perry, Gaethje Perry. I mean, Gaethje Perry, look, Luis Palomino is still rocking around. We could do that again. It's just Dude. Like, I'm, I'm just saying. I think call. I actually – I think when I had BKFC in the draft two years ago, my first pick was Gaethje to do all of the things that you would do with Luis Palomino, with Mike Perry, et cetera. So I just need that before it's all said and done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is awesome. And I echo what Shaheen said about Ben Rothwell too. That's – He's he's built for this. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. It's, it's so just fun. Pu- it's pure, unadulterated fun. And Todd Duffy is so unpredictable in a lot of respects. Todd like, Duffy being here doesn't make any sense at all. And that's why I love it so much. It's so random and it's great. It's I, the perfect I'll opponent for Ben Rothwell. I guess, like, I think if you'd asked me like a month ago or whatever, who like one of the least likely people like, I think Todd Duffy would have been pretty high on my list of it wouldn't really make any sense at all for him to go to PKFC, but here we are. The dude just wants to fight somewhere. He doesn't kid didn't care where. Rise and fight fell through. Go to BKFC. He may he he's probably gonna lose, but I think a lot of definitely eyes are gonna be on it. And if he wants another uh, but I, it's just the perfect BKFC co main event. It just is. Uh, we'll move on. Quick news and notes, round four. But the point for round number three goes to. I mean, nobody paints a word picture like Shahid Al Shadi. Well done. Two to one. Co leader. The co leader, yeah. Give it to that. Yes. Still uh, co leading. <laughs> three to three, baby. Tied up. This is why you don't say stuff like this, Don. So yes, we're, we're, <laughs> this is the first time we've had decimal points here on BTL. Very <laughs> excited. Uh, so Thanksgiving weekend, you knew with the PFL buying Bellator, you knew with the PFL having the championship coming about, we were going to get some sort of video or two from UFC CEO Dana White. We got the Jalen Turner announcement that you're stepping in to fight Bobby Green, but there were two videos, and I think there were three other announcements. One location, one main event announcement, and then one substitution, then moving to a new event uh, that Dana discussed. So, Jed, I'll start with you. 
which of Dana White's announcements intrigued you the most outside of the Jalen Turner one? We have Joe Pfeiffer fighting in his first main event on February 10th against Jack Hermanson, the Volkanovski Teporia UFC 298 card in Anaheim, and Khalil Roundtree not fighting Azamat Mirzakhanov this Saturday, which would have made UFC Austin just a little bit better. But instead, it's going to take place December 9th, next Saturday, UFC Shang Vegas, and stepping in to fight Khalil Roundtree will be Anthony Lionheart-Smith, Jed. Which one of these announcements intrigues you the most? So I think the Anthony Smith one probably is like the correct answer. I had to take Joe Pfeiffer headlining a fight card because, I mean, we're just going mask off with what the UFC is now, aren't we? Just, hey, <laughs> Joe Pfeiffer, you're not supposed – like you – I like Joe Pfeiffer. I support Joe Pfeiffer as a prospect and a guy who's going to be around and make noise. But like, really, this this is the time that we got to be like Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer still didn't have a wiki page, and they're going to have this man headline a fight a card because it's in the apex, and it doesn't matter. It is purely, hey, uh, we need bodies. And and Jack Hermanson has a number, and that's enough. Joe, we we did it with Abus Magomedov. Surely we can do it with Joe Pfeiffer. Like it'll be fine. So, uh, to me, that was the one that stuck out the most. I think you know the Anthony Smith one probably has a little more meat on the bone there, but it was just very telling to me that like normally Joe Pfeiffer would be a guy who's getting a co-main event in a fight night card, right? Like he's like a real fight night card, like a UFC Austin or whatever, not a, you know, ta- uh, uh, an apex card. It would, would have been fine, but instead, you know, he's coming off a victory over Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Is that like, is, is that the spot that we're like, yeah, now is the time? No, I think he should be moved elsewhere, but that's not the name of the game anymore. The name of the game is 42 or is it 46 events a year? I think it's 40. But it's 42 plus events a year on ESPN Plus because that's how we get our $200 million per year carry and good enough to stock up an Apex main event. So that's the one that jumped out the most. Were you with him, Shaheen? Was it the Joe Piper announcement or was there something else that stood out to you? I mean, I guess realistically, it should probably be the Anthony Smith one. But in good faith, I can't pick that because along with that announcement came the news that that's now moved to like a 10 p.m. Eastern start time main card. And if you look at that card, it does not deserve your attention at a 10 p.m. Eastern main card start time. And so that's just going to be a really rough watch all day. That's going to be a long watch. So I can't in good conscience pick that fight. Uh, ultimately, it has to be the the, the uh, Joe Pfeiffer one. But just because I, I feel like I am higher on Joe Pfeiffer than maybe Jed is. Jed's been a little slow to, to, to maybe join this bandwagon i've been intrigued by him and strictly for the one fact that the dude is mean and you can t- they're like there's a difference between someone who's purely mean in the cage who, who does things with very mean intentions and then someone who's just good at fighting i'm always intrigued with the guys who just slur with mean intentions who just like to bully in there and i'm curious to see how far this can go i mean obviously it seems like the ufc is very 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 behind joe pifer i understand why he has a very crazy relatively unique story uh, somewhat inspirational. He's 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 good on the mic one way or another. Like maybe he's not your flavor because uh, he certainly does resort to a lot of the same of the haters and the disrespecters and things like that. I understand if you don't like that and Jed particularly doesn't like that, but he is good on the mic. He can tell a compelling story. And he knows how to sell a fight. And the Jack Hermanson one feels like a perfect 
sort of matchmaking too, right? Like that is UFC special of just like, hey, what's somebody who's kind of like a middling middleweight who's maybe a little bit past it, but does have a number that this guy can take and sort of vault himself up the rankings? That's that's exactly what we're looking at here. I don't know if main event spot is is. I mean, we've had worse main events, I guess, this year. That's just what this is. The Apex cards are that that level at this point. They clearly want to push him, so give him your first main event, low stakes main event in that sense where everyone's, you know, it's not a pay-per-view or a big UFC Austin or something like that. So I, I'm intrigued by the Joe Piper one. I wish it wasn't a main event, but I understand why. But ultimately, I guess I have to agree with Jed. Dude, All right, one I'm last thing. Oh, God, please. Just – just stop putting him in the apex. Like if you believe in this dude, like four of his last five fights have been the apex. It's just, yeah. I mean, but who's but you care? see, but you, but Super you see Bowl what weekend. they're doing, right? But you, you see what they're doing, right? Like give this guy a main event. So he essentially has the main event carry the whole week of doing all the interviews and doing all the press and everything. But ultimately it's not a high stakes main event. It's in the apex. It's in a familiar confines. They're putting him in the best possible situation for him to succeed in that first main event slot, it's very apparent what they're doing. Like, I, I, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Dude, it's. I think that fight card's going to be terrible. <laughs> sure. Seems really bad. Yeah, sure. It's just like, Super and you're going to watch one. it. And you're going to watch it because you have I, to. I, I watch all of them partly because I have to and also because I have a problem, Shane. That's. I'm not the, I'm not the target audience, Shane. Like, no, you are. You actually are. No, you are. They've you got are me already. I'm locked in. Like, they might load not, that one up. Not, I hope so. I mean, they won't because it's an apex. It's card. an apex card. So you it's know a, by definition in, they will not load it. It's up. an apex card. It will have one other fight of value of meaning, and then it will have a bunch of of contender series contracts. Like that's realistically yeah. what it will be. Uh, did, did I mean? What if they don't do it at the apex? What if they move it? It is Super Bowl weekend, yeah, in, in, which is in Las Vegas this year. You would think that they would try to sick. do something cool, but we'll see what happens. One last thing I wanted to touch on because I found this pretty interesting. I was asked about this on Heck of Morning, and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, more and more people are talking about this. Shaheen, I'll, I'll start with you. Robert Whitaker's coach teasing – that he's fighting Paulo Costa at UFC 299. Uh, Robert Whitaker also teasing this on Instagram as well, basically Ooh. saying to the effect of, oh, third time's the charm. Uh, Whitaker tagging Paulo in posts and all of that. I don't know if they're fishing for a fight or if this is what's actually going to happen, but your thoughts on Whitaker versus Costa potentially being made, and is this the right fight for Paulo Costa, or should they – the UFC try to get the Shamaya fight, or do you think Shamaya will just kind of be benched until we figure out what happens with Strickland versus DDP? I think what the latter of what you said is probably correct. Also, he is healing from an injury as well. I don't hate the the Whitaker Costa fight. I just want to see Costa back in the mix, frankly. Like you give me a meaningful fight with Paulo Costa and the way he's been able to build his brand while not really fighting at all has been very interesting. I, I'm in on it. That's that to me is intriguing. I whatever this next stage of Robert Whitaker is going to be of him trying to do this last run to the title, especially in this wide open division now where he could very realistically capture the title again with Israel out. I'm very intrigued. If that's the fight, I love it. What do you think, Jed? you like this one? It's fine. Um, I still prefer uh, Whitaker Usman. I think I said that right after Usman fought. And I was like, yeah, just do that. It makes the most sense. You could use Kasa Chimaev. I think like Shaheen said, and like you said, 
I think they probably are just going to sit on Chemayev and see what happens with with DDP Strickland, and maybe he just jumps in. Um, but I would prefer that fight. I do kind of still think Chemayev should have it. Uh, but like this is a okay. I mean, this is a fight that has almost happened seven times or whatever at this point. Be nice to have that closure. It's top guys, one of the few dudes Whitaker hasn't faced already at, at kind of the upper end of the weight class. So uh, if ultimately this is what happens, I would not be opposed to it. I still would prefer the Kamara Usman fight. Just I th- think that fight is more intriguing to me for whatever reason. The winner of that fight is at most one fight away from challenging for the belt. The Costa fight? In this day and age, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it, Absolutely. Even if DDP beats Strickland and Whitaker wins, I think they'll just run that one back. I mean, no, if Whitaker wins or and DDP beats Strickland, I think he that may I be think it's a win away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he's a win away. Middleweight's fun, huh? Middleweight's it's pretty fun. fun. It's very Joe Pfeiffer getting a main event. Maybe Ikram Alaskarov getting a getting a nice run in twenty twenty four. He's going to be a super fascinating addition to this division. So Bring we'll see what happens. Brandon Allen, yes. Brandon Allen's been on a nice run. We'll see what happens with Roman Delize and Nasruddin Imovov. Lots happening at 185. Lots happening on BTL. The point for round four goes to... B. Jed Mishu. Jed Mishu gets it. It's two to two. It's four to four. It's four to four. The co-leader. Yeah. It's four to four. Um, and now you can vote in the chat. Only you. Dead heat. The viewing audience have the power. <laughs> you have the power uh, to decide which one of these co-leaders will just inch away and get the victory here. Uh, time for the knockout round. One question will decide it all. 60 seconds for each individual to answer the question. Once that is done, you will vote. I'll waste a few seconds while you do that, and then we'll announce the winner. So, Jed... And your attorney haircut. I cannot get that comment out of my brain. Uh, what are we doing here? What's the eight ball telling you to do? You going first? You going Ooh, second? What I are we forgot. Here? We, we have the eight ball. It's still right here. So let's ask her. Magic eight ball. Should I go first? Answer. Yes. So according to the magic eight ball, we got to go first. That's the first like you know assertive answer. The eight ball. It wasn't, it wasn't like asking it in a minute or what. <laughs> Ask again tomorrow and you'll get your answer. So, Jed, uh, last week it was just you and I shooting the breeze and it was obviously Thanksgiving Day is that that episode dropped on the podcast network. We talked about what we were thankful for, but now Thanksgiving is over. We are officially in the holiday season and as you were growing up, you probably had a holiday wish list of some kind. So, Jed – what does your holiday wish list look like for mixed martial arts? I don't want the whole list. What's the top thing? What's the big wish for your holiday wish list in the sport of MMA or combat sports in general? One minute on the clock. Go. Oh, man. This is such a good question because I got my wish this year, Mike. My one wish, and you all know all year long, was that we could be done with Alexander Volkanovsky, the lightweight. And we're done now. Islam Islam gave me that wish. It was terrific. Very, very pleased with it. So I'm a man who already has everything in the world. But if I could get one more thing, right? If I could have one more thing, it's... I think I, I got to stay true to form. I got to go for, uh, you know, the, the kind of 
the kind of thing I've built my identity around, and it's this. I want... I need... <laughs> I need Justin Gaethje to win a true UFC title. I need him to pull off the upset of Islam Makhachev when that happens because he's given so much to my life, so much happiness. I don't want this to be a Carlos Condit situation where he only ever is interim champion when we're doing the damn on him. I need Justin Gaethje to win the lightweight belt this year. I love how you just talked and talked and talked until something <laughs> totally popped wasted. in your brain. It was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. Watching the gears in your brain I don't know what you guys are flow. talking about. It's 45 so seconds of vamping. 45 oh, seconds of vamping. I have absolutely no idea what tremendous. you're talking about. I could actually see your eyes out. open slightly wide when you had the the thing you were actually going to answer with, and you did a great job. talking about. This is all planned. I think the Magic 8-Ball stirred you wrong. Shaheen got a chance to think about this one, so I think he's in the more strategic position. Holiday wishlist, Shaheen. What tops it for the wonderful world of mixed martial arts? And go. That was just, just a masterclass by Jed there. I have two answers for this. One that's a very personal answer to me. It's very on brand. And one that I am stunned that Jed just left on the table because it was the most on brand Jed Mishu answer ever. First one, Tony Ferguson. God damn it. Tony Ferguson, please just do it for me. Oh my God. I've been, a, I've been the Tony Ferguson guy in the media for like 10 years at this point. Can you just please beat Patty Pimblett and then go right off into the sunset? That's the perfect retirement. Get the one. Get the one over the guy that like kind of is disliked at this point, that the whole sport is kind of turned against in a way. No one wants to see you lose to Patty Pimblett. Please just win. Dial the clock back one more time. Get a classic Tony Ferguson finish and then right off into the sunset. And also, Jed, it was right there for you. He asked you, what do you want? Your answer, if you're Jed Mishu, you want John Jones to stop being a coward. You want John Jones to take the fight. You want John Jones to prove that he's the best heavyweight in the damn world. That was your answer. It should have been your answer, and it would have won you the whole damn show, but you didn't get there. Wow. Vote for Shaheen. I'm so upset. <laughs> it was so right upset. there for you. You had one whole minute you're obviously to cut correct. promo. You're obviously wow. correct. Wow. I'm shocked. It's a shocking moment, and I'm shocked. I didn't. It took, like, Shaheen to say, I can't believe you whiffed on this. Then I was like, oh, yeah. Yep. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Which is even worse because I like mentally made a note coming into the episode. I was like, all right, when I get my 30 seconds after I win, uh, we're just going to go back to the well because it's a great well to draw from. And then, yeah, uh, vote for Shane. Shane's victor. That was, I'm so, I'm ashamed. I, you deserve better, viewers. You deserve better. And uh, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to grow from this. But yeah, that was shameful. I feel like it's foreshadowing to the Georgia post-game press conference on oh. Saturday. I, after Shaheen, oh, after Shaheen Georgia lose, you just made Georgia lose, Jed. It's on you. I know, dude. I really it's a tie game. Georgia tries to kick the field goal. They come up short, but then but you know what? The intelligent Alabama special teamer catches the field goal and runs it back for a touchdown at the end of regulation. We're not, we're having, going a, back. We're not having a Bama Auburn life cycle. Yes, it's uh, something. You know, yeah. what the important thing is Georgia's going to go to that game because we're not scared, and that's what you do if you're the greatest. <laughs> you're you're not afraid. You can't pull it back. Now. No, no, the moment's I, gone, dude. dude. I would strike, I was, strike that I comment from the record. Statement. Strike it from the statement. record. It never happened. Vote now demands. without 
yes, mute Jed. This is just this is a travesty. Vote right now. I'm Cast so your votes. Uh, tomorrow, busy mad. day. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. Vote for Shaheen. I don't deserve this one. <laughs> uh, 10 I mean, I would have walked into the winner's circle. Just the most casual victory right of all time. It was right there. And I you. just fumbled it. I just fumbled it. You sure did. That's fumbling sure the bag. For, for future reference, what Francis did is not fumbling the bag. What I did, that's it. <laughs> Yes, be like Francis. Don't be like Jed. Uh, listen to Heck of a Morning tomorrow Jed at 10 a.m. Eastern. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. This is true. Uh, Look, prime like Shaheen earlier. Prime Jed this is like Shaheen not earlier when Shaheen was like, "I got concerns about Jalen Turner." If you're if you're a supporter of me, you need to have concerns. Be like, I'm not sure what's going on with this guy at this point. There's so much to think point. about right now. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk more UFC Austin and BKFC on the preview show tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern. And then Saturday, we're just going to have all sorts of fun. Uh, maybe more fun than you had bargained for. But stay tuned to the YouTube channel, and we will let you know what's going down. Casey, come on in. How are we doing? How's the voting? Do we have a winner? Do we need more time? Do I need to stall? Just close the poll. Stall point, just a little bit more. It's, it's, oh, a, very, a, it's a very it's, close vote. It's a very close vote. We need I need a few more votes. It to kinda, shouldn't be. It's very close. Be. It's very close. It, it a little, a little bit the, more stalling. The winner is Shaheen. We need a little more stalling. Yes. Uh, we're, we're at least... Is this like an what? election? Can I can I notify of my withdrawal from the run? Is that, <laughs> that not? <laughs> like to give my concession speech now? I'd like to thank Shaheen for running a, a hard-fought campaign. Um, thanks to my no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't thank anybody i would dark, just denigrate myself for being a big yeah. stupid idiot yeah the dark side lawyer haircut everything was going for you i'm gonna <laughs> shave my head oh this is shameful don't Casey threaten me with a good time whoa <laughs> all right all right closing the poll the minute you said it no. shaheen i was like god damn right. what a whiff Co-winners. Vamping and I couldn't get to the one answer I needed. I'm gonna wait to the very last second and close this poll. All right, here we go. Is there a draw? Is there a draw option? The three options today. We we had three categories for your winner. Co-winners. Jed, Shaheen, yes. Co-winners of BTO. The co-leaders yes. of BTO. I I would accept co co-winners because the co-leaders of BTO. But. Unfortunately, the co-leaders of BTL only ended up with 29% of the vote. Come on. Okay. But your winner right Viewers. now with... <laughs> oh, this man, is outrageous. I saw, 30, I saw this develop. You waited. Uh, you waited. 7% of the vote is... I can't believe it. I don't even like You should this. overrule this, Casey. You waited I too long. I want to. I want to. You waited too can't. long. You're the man. You're the judge. You do whatever you want. You do whatever you want, Casey. This is your show. <laughs> you do whatever you want. The winner, screw the voters, is Shaheen Ashadi. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> you win, Shaheen. You win. This is how democracy dies, by the way. There's been a coup. <laughs> Oh my god. So it like we, <laughs> oh. has occurred. 
did he just have like a pretty sizable lead and then Jed just inched and yes. his way back into it? Yeah. Why? That's exactly what I happened. don't know. I don't know how it happened, but somehow Our there was some chaos merchants. Yeah, Casey obvious. waited long enough to where the pity vote and the I want to see what happens if the chaos vote happens overtook it. I, I watched it happen in real time. It was tremendous. Can we, Shaheen, can we both agree that while I definitely did not win, the actual winner should have been co-leaders. Yes. I, I don't know who I don't know who voted for something that wasn't co-leaders, but you're not my kind of people, guys. <laughs> I, I thought oh. co-leaders was gonna dominate till Jed yes. fumbled uh, the bag. Have. Jed fumbled the bag. Twenty nine percent of you are Jed's people. Twenty nine percent of you are Jed's people. Shaheen, congratulations on the on the on the victory. What would you like to say Thank to the you. people, and and to Casey for for giving you the victory? Uh, Casey, I love you so much. You are a dear friend. You you made the wise call. You made the right call. We all know it. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, that was a good time. I'm, I'm always happy to show up. And all in jest, Jed, I was, I'm a Georgia boy. I was born in Atlanta. I hope Georgia does it because I God, know. I hate Alabama. God, I fucking hate Alabama. Everyone does. <laughs> we're, we're riding this really perfect wave of like... Nobody hates us yet. Like it's coming. If this keeps up for for a couple, well, you get three in a row. That's yeah, yeah. But even three in a row, everyone's just like dynasty. It's cool. It's like it's got to happen for another couple years after that. We're still like always in the playoffs or whatever. That's coming. I'm aware. But for now, nobody hates us, and everyone still just hates Bama. So it's great. We're in a real sweet spot. I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Well, best of luck to to Bulldogs Nation. Hit the music, Let's Casey. Go. We're done. Appreciate you all. Uh, I feel like a co-leader myself after this show. I think we uh, we're all co-leaders. We're all co-people. If we're if we're being honest, we're all together on this journey of chaos and fire and brimstone that is the mixed martial arts world. We'll be back next week to recap all the craziness from this past weekend, and maybe we'll spend an hour on UFC Shang Vegas with Chris Gutierrez and Song Yidong getting ready to battle for a potential of five rounds. For Shaheen, for Jed, for Casey on the ones and twos, the iconic voice special and takes you home. Back next week, I'm Mike Heck between the links. Good night, everybody. Love y'all. Don't be this scared, has John. Been between the links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.